Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Glad that you're here. And uh, this is a little different because normally we send the 9 o'clock service out uh, online for people. And today, partway through, like right after the music, actually. Did one of you guys trip on a chord or something? But right after the music, uh, the stream went down. And uh, so we're trying to stream this service out there. So hello, all of you. And uh, if you were trying to watch it earlier, my apologies. Hopefully this will continue to work. And the folks who are watching uh, from home will be able to connect with us today. Um, we like to begin our services with this greeting, Christians been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. We believe that that's true, that the Lord does, in fact, meet us here. Whether it's the 4th of July or any other day, uh, we believe that God is with us. So would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, God. Thank you for the love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for, uh, for being our rock, our fortress, all those things that the psalm mentioned, the things that we have sung about that you alone, God, are the one that we can lean on and put our faith in. God, you are trustworthy. You are the one who has given us grace. You are the one who has given us life. Thank you, God. When, when life has its ups and downs, when, uh, when people let us down, when politics lets us down, when the economy lets us down, when global health things let us down, God, in all the ups and downs of life, you are faithful. You are good. Help us, God, once again, to keep our eyes fixed on you, to keep our hope in you, to, to trust in you alone, as we've just been singing. God, today we give you our allegiance. You are the one who has our heart. You are the one who has our lives. Thank you, God, that no matter what we've been through, no matter what's going on in our lives. We, we just learned this last Sunday, Pastor Judy reminded us that sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes, it, sometimes life goes horribly, horribly wrong. But God, you are faithful. You can be trusted. So would you help us to continue to put our trust in you? Would you help us to continue to draw strength from you? Would you help us to, to continue to get our identity from you? that we might know at the core of who we are, that we are people made by you, loved by you, redeemed by you. As we put our faith in you, God, you embrace us and adopt us into your family as your own children. Help us to know ourselves as your beloved sons and daughters. Thank you, God. Thank you for the grace and the love that you have poured out in your son, Jesus Christ. He's the reason that we're here. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. So with you. Thank you. Uh, now, normally, back in the day, we would like walk around and greet each other and refill coffee and all that good stuff. But right now, just kind of take a quick look, give somebody a quick wave, somebody you might want to chat with later. And uh, um, yeah, so this is, this is good. We are, we're slowly making progress. And then you can have a seat. And then you can have a seat. So uh, we are slowly making progress back toward that day uh, where things return to something like normal. And uh, as one sign of that, uh, today we are moving toward uh, a masks optional kind of a policy here at Living Hope, where uh, just like most of the rest of the world seems like is opening up. And if you've gone to a store lately, you know, all those signs came down saying you have to wear a mask. Now that if there's a sign that says, if you're vaccinated, you can leave the mask in the car, in your pocket, whatever. Uh, if you're not vaccinated, please wear a mask. And so that's what we're asking as well, we're trying to follow the, the CDC's guidance on that. And um, 
And hopefully, um, I mean, I was just looking, um, well, I was just looking this last week sometime at the uh, statistics there locally and, and statewide, even like our numbers are way down in terms of new cases. And, and uh, I think they're as low here in Porter County as they were back in March and April of 2020, like back when we started this whole thing. Uh, they're the lowest they've been since then. So uh, it's not spreading here right now, and hopefully we, it, it'll stay that way. Uh, of course, we're going to pay attention to the news, and uh, as those different variants pop up, as they are in some places, uh, you know, there are some parts of the world that are having to lock down again, and, and if that starts to happen, of course, we'll pay attention, and we'll, we'll, you know, mask up, or whatever it is that we have to do, roll with these punches uh, all along the way. Continue to trust God, of course, uh, through the whole thing. Um, if, you, if you'd like, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect, fill out that little digital connect card, let us know you're with us, uh, how we can pray for you. Um, what you can give us some feedback, comments, whatever you'd like, and um, we would love to hear that. And also, you can go then to livinghope.info/give, and you can give online there if you'd like to support the work of this church and the missions work here and around the world that we participate in. For those of you who can just go back uh, to the little table that you walk past on your way in. There are some little green cards there that you can fill out and drop in the offering box. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in there as well. And then. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's for those of us that are here in the room and able to gather today. Uh, I mentioned, uh, I think, to everybody earlier that uh, we are trying, hopefully, to stream this out in this service. So um, if you can all kind of keep the noise to a minimum or something, I don't know. Like, nobody, nobody go uh, running across in front of us or, or swearing or, you know, any of those kinds of things because uh, the cameras are on. Usually the 1030 service, we're able to kind of let our hair down because no one's watching, but... Uh, Hi, we're all, we're all together uh, today, so we'll see. Hopefully the, the technology will continue to work today. Uh, first time in over a year that that little thing has failed us so, uh, during the service this morning. Uh, and I don't know uh, if any of you uh, are planning to go see fireworks. Uh, any, are any of you guys going to see fireworks tonight? No? You got enough of them in your backyard last night? Some of you, okay, yeah. yeah. Are you guys doing the Declaration of Independence reading? Oh, cool, yeah. Scott's been a part of this for how many years now? Oof. Ten years? Uh, we got a group of, of local citizens that read the Declaration of Independence together in, in pieces. And it was kind of fun last year. I got to be a part of that because it was COVID. And uh, I got to be, you know, record my little segment and be there. Uh, so we're hoping to bring the boys tonight to, to watch the fireworks and to see all of that stuff. Um, it'll be their second fireworks to ever see because we got to get them to see some in Indianapolis uh, a month ago uh, after an Indianapolis Indians game. But you know, fireworks happen way after their bedtime, so they've, it's not succeeded in the past when we've tried to keep them up long enough to see fireworks. So we're, gonna, we're hoping tonight works. Um, it's a good day, you know, to, to be an American. It's a good day to, uh, to celebrate our freedom, our independence. And you can see if you're, if you're following with the little notes that you were given on your way in, I put at the top as a title for this morning's uh, message, The Problem with Kings. And that seems to be appropriate on Independence Day, right? Uh, because this is the day we celebrate, like, our Declaration of Independence from old King George. And, and uh, you know, we, wanna, we don't want to live under his uh, leadership, his, his governance anymore. Uh, kings are an issue that we don't we don't love them here in the United States of America. Although, in fairness to our British, you know, brothers and sisters, it, it's different now, right? I mean, there's like I don't know if there was a parliament back then. I don't know. Anyway, it, it all looks and feels different. The monarchy is you know kind of a figurehead these days. But um, but anyway, uh, the the story we're going to look at. Um, 
<laughs> oh, I almost forgot. In the, in the first, how many of you have seen Hamilton, the musical? Any of you guys seen? Okay, a few, a few of you. Uh, it was years ago that Scott handed my wife this uh, CD of like the, the Hamilton musical and said, you ought to check this out. You might like it. It's a, a hip-hop musical about Alexander Hamilton. And I remember thinking, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. But, uh, but man, that's been a Broadway sensation, and we've gotten to see it, and uh, it's amazing. Um, and one of, the, one of the great little moments that keeps popping up throughout that musical is where King George comes out and uh, is this comic character and, you know, saying, you'll be back, you know, you, you American colonies, you think you've got it figured out, you know, oh, you'll be back someday. Uh, you don't know how good you had it with me as king. And um, the people that we're going to look at in the, today's story from Scripture uh, kind of had a similar kind of attitude maybe toward kings. They, they wanted a king. Where we're celebrating the throwing off of, of a king, uh, they were asking, please give us a king. We want a king over us. Um, and I think as we, as we read this, there'll be some, some helpful things for us to discover today. So this is, uh, we're looking at 1 Samuel in chapter 8 uh, is where the story takes place. Now, to situate it in the story of scripture, um, you know, God had rescued his people out of slavery in Egypt with Moses, you know, the book of Exodus, all of that stuff. And he had taken them uh, to the promised land where then Moses' successor Joshua had led them in and they had... Uh, overthrown the people who had lived there previously, and they had taken up residence there in the land. And then we get to the book of Judges in the Old Testament, which is what comes right before this. And that is a book basically about the cycle of success and failure that the people of Israel had uh, as they lived in the land. Because they didn't push everyone out that lived there previously, they still had all these neighbors they were surrounded by who worshipped other gods. And so from time to time, the people of Israel would, would turn away from the God, their God, the God of Israel, the God of the Bible. And um, worship the gods of their neighbors. And when they would turn away from God, God would say, okay, fine, you want somebody else to protect you? I won't protect you anymore. And they would uh, be invaded or they would uh, lose to some of their neighbors in battle and they would cry out to God and God would raise up a leader. They called them judges for some reason, uh, I guess because they, they went to them for justice. But God would raise up a leader to lead them in battle and they would overthrow their enemy and there would be peace for a period of time until they forgot, and until the next generation rose up, and then they would do their own thing again, and they would, they would turn away from God, and they would go through this cycle, and they'd, they'd go through it over and over and over again. And, um, and finally, now, here we are with Samuel. So Samuel gets raised up as kind of the, the last of these judges, of these leaders, before the people, well, let's, let's read that here. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. I'm sure he, that was a great start, you know, great way to open. Uh, you're old. Your sons don't follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king, but which, by the way, that is a pattern we'll see in just a little bit. Samuel goes to God, listens, and then... Tells, does what God says. He tells all the words of the Lord to the people who are asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. 
He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. I feel like he's saying, when he mentions like you'll be his slaves, I feel like he's, he's trying to remind them like, remember way back in our history when you served Pharaoh king of Egypt? as his slaves and God rescued you from slavery and brought you into this land and gave you this independence, you know, your, your own nation here. Remember that? And now you want to turn back to slavery? You want to serve another king? Well, if you want to, you know, he's not going to go well. You'll cry out for relief from that king, but I'm not going to, you know, live with your consequences. I'm not going to answer you on that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people had said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them, give them a king. You know, God's basically saying, eh, if that's what you want, that's, you can have it, I guess. But I've warned you. I've told you ahead of time what's going to happen. It's not going to be pretty. And sure enough, the first king that, that God directs then Samuel to anoint as king is named Saul. And Saul, you know, God tries to help him do well. And Samuel, you know, tries to help him. And Saul still disobeys God and, and you know, get, takes things off track. And, and then, you know, David is the next king. And he seems pretty good, except when he's not. And then his son Solomon, and then after that, it just kind of goes down the toilet, and there's like a series of, there's occasional good kings, and then a terrible king, and it, sure enough, it's exactly like Samuel and God warned the people. It was not going to be a pretty picture, but they wanted a king, and and did you see they gave two reasons why they wanted a king? Uh, They said back in verse 20, then we'll be like all the other nations, so they wanted to be like everybody else, And they said, with a king to lead us and go out before us and fight our battles. They wanted somebody else to go and fight their battles for them. So there's a part of me, you know, as a good red-blooded American that that wants to, like, hop in the time machine and go back and say, don't do it. You know, you don't want a king. You know, you don't don't want to do this. These are silly reasons. What, you want to be just like everybody else? You know, here in America, we like to think of ourselves as exceptional, right? And, you know, different from everybody else, and we like it that way. And here you want to go and be like everybody else? No, don't do it. Be, be independent. Be your own country. And, and you want somebody else to go out and fight your battles? And I mean, when I, when I look at those reasons, I can kind of understand, right? I mean, as much as I might want to, like, go and tell them, no, no, don't do this, I look at those two reasons, I think, well, I can relate to that, right? I mean, who wouldn't want somebody else to go and do the hard work, right, to, to fight the battle for you? I mean, I'm just coming off of a, of a two-week vacation. It was beautiful. Uh, thank you for the time away, and it's good to be back. And uh, I was glad to get to watch Pastor Judy's message and and uh, and uh, participate in the service. Um, I was one of those that was participating not live, but like well after the fact, uh, just like some of you might be uh, well after Sunday participating in this morning's service. Um, I got to do that, and uh, you know I was thankful for that. 
And um, it's nice to be on vacation. It's nice to, you know, some of you retired. You know, it's nice to have someone else do the work, right? And so I can understand that. Like, let somebody else do the work. We're tired of going and fighting our own battles. We want somebody else to fight our battles for us, to lead uh, into, into the fight. And I can understand wanting to be like other people, right? I mean, we all were in middle school once, I think, at some point, right? Do you remember what those pressures were like to try to conform, to try to fit in? You know, you didn't, you didn't want to stand out at that time. You, you go through middle school and high school, and, you, and yes, you want to be your own person, and yes, you want to kind of, you know, you do want to stand out, but not too much, right? There's, there's some kind of fine line there where you want, to, you want to be your own person, but you still want to have a crowd to fit into somewhere, right? I, I remember... Uh, the goofy thing that popped into my head in the first service was, um, was this thing that we used to do with our, our pant legs back when I was in high school, where you'd take the bottom of it and you'd fold it over and then you'd roll it up a couple of times. And, uh, and in the first service, then uh, Stacy in the back points up and says, look, like Amanda's pants right now. I'm like, oh yeah, we used to do that to our pant legs. You know, it's, it's coming back apparently, at least for, for girls maybe, I don't know. But, but guys and girls alike in the high school I went to, you know, did this thing with your pants and it was like up over your high tops. You know, they had the, the tennis shoes that everybody wore, the basketball shoes that kind of everybody wore or whatever. And, um, and I know not everybody did, but it sure felt like it. And if you didn't have those shoes or if you didn't have that brand on your jeans or your jacket or whatever it was, you felt out of place and you wished, you know, you begged your parents, can I please, I want to get this and, you know, I, I don't fit in and everyone's going to make fun of me. And I can understand wanting to be like everyone else. Um, there are times in our lives still today, right, where we try to keep up with the Joneses. We make decisions that aren't really in our best interest long term, but we do it because we want to look like the neighbors or we don't want the neighbors to think badly of us or whatever it might be. And so I can understand, I suppose. And, but still, it's Independence Day, right? I mean, the idea of, of asking for a king and wanting a king and, you know, all those negative consequences... Um, you know, we, we would much rather have the country we have today. Um, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm one of you. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not standing apart from that. I, I love our country, and I love the, the freedoms that we enjoy here. Um, I do think that sometimes we can value our independence so highly that in the story of Israel, anyway, it seems like we're stepping back, um, back into that time of the judges before um, the story of Samuel, where a couple of times in the book of Judges, it... it uses this phrase, and actually this, I think this is the very last verse in the book of Judges is what I included in there, uh, in your notes for you, from Judges chapter 21, verse 25, where it says, in those days Israel had no king, everyone did as they saw fit. Now, everyone doing as they saw fit is kind of our, it's almost like our national motto, right? I mean, like, you put that on a flag and fly it, you know, we all do what we want to do, you know, don't tread on me and on all of that, right? Everybody doing as they saw fit is is kind of uh, what we stand for. But this was not being said as a compliment to them, right? This was not something they were celebrating. This was them looking back after they'd had some kings, right? Because they're very clearly looking back. In those days, Israel had no king, right? So this is being written from sometime after the fact. And they're looking back at their story, and they're realizing that was a chaotic mess. Man, that time when... uh, you know, everyone was just doing as they saw fit. There was no central leadership. There was no one to listen to, to rally the, the people to faithfulness to God. And so, um, you know, yes, when things got really bad, God would raise up a leader and we'd pay attention and we'd go fight the battles. But, um, man, it was, it was rough. Everyone was just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, just everybody doing what they saw fit. And there was no national unity or cohesion to us as a people. It was, it was chaos. 
And sometimes I think in our love of independence, we can kind of fall to that. We can lose a sense of interdependence. You know, we've been reminded of that pretty harshly by this whole pandemic, right? That like, we are a human race, that we depend on what goes on in other countries. They impact us and what we do impacts them. And, and you know, just like viruses spread, economic factors spread, and these things, you know, we depend on each other. And, um, and we impact each other. We, no, no one is just an island that just does it all themselves. And, uh, and we weren't intended to live that way. So in between, there's, so there's the, the chaos of independence that taken to that extreme that we saw in the book of Judges. And then there's the, the, the clamoring for a king, someone to fight our battles for us uh, so that we can be like everybody else. And um, as part of the danger there um, is putting off on this king things that we ought to be doing ourselves. Right? I mean, there's, there's all kinds of negative, there's all kinds of problems with being a king. Sorry, I'll come back. I'll come back to that one. I was jumping ahead. There's problems with kings. There's problems with the chaos. In between those two is this Samuel character. Um, there's also the little book of Ruth, which I have to mention. My mom's name is Ruth. She's sitting right back there. Um, but today I'm going to focus on this, this story uh, of Samuel and, uh, and the role he plays and what we can learn from Samuel. Because I do think that, that what Samuel does, he shows us how to live with God as king. You know, which is what God wanted, right? Looking back at that story, he, you know, God's saying, they, they're not just rejecting you, they're rejecting me as king. God wants to be their king, and instead they're clamoring for a, a different king. God doesn't want to see him go backwards, but he doesn't want to see him do that either. He's like, I want you to live with me as your king. And I think Samuel, he, he, there's a lot of things he doesn't get right, but I think he does get right this idea of listening to God and doing what he says. And to me, that's the essence of having God as your king. You listen to God, and then you do what he says, right? Uh, if we just listen to God, but we don't do what he says, if we're, if we're still living kind of in the, in the independence of the time of Judges, you know, where we say, like, oh, I'll listen to you, God, but then I'll decide if I'm going to do what you say or not. You know, then, then God isn't really our king. God's like our advisor or something, right? And we'll listen, and then we'll decide if we want to do what he says or, or doesn't do. Um, but if God's going to be our king, then we're going to listen to him, and we're going to do what he says, and Samuel learns how to do that. Uh, so we're going to look back at 1 Samuel chapter 3 for just the next few minutes, maybe 5, 10, 10 minutes or so probably, and, um, and look at this story of Samuel learning how to do this. Samuel is an interesting character. If you've read his story, if you know his story, if you, if you read it later, um, he was just a little boy when he went to, to live and work at the tabernacle, which was their kind of mobile temple that they had in those days, uh, where God was worshipped and where the priests did their job. Um, his mom hadn't been able to have children, and she was pleading with God, and she eventually makes that, this promise that, God, if you will just give me children, I'll give my first son to you. And, um, and God hears and answers her prayers, and she does, like in a very literal way. She takes her boy to the, the priest, to Eli, there at the tabernacle, and says, here, here's a kid. I promised him to God. He's yours. You know, which, like, whoa, okay. Um, you know, you're, he's going to serve you. It kind of reminds me of what... Uh, um, I, I would hear about families, uh, I guess maybe large Catholic families, what they used to do, like one of the kids they hope will become a priest and one of the kids they hope will become an attorney and one might go into you know, law enforcement or something. You know, like the, the kids all have their own like roles to play that are mapped out by the parents. And uh, it seems like usually there's one that they're kind of hoping will go into the priesthood, um, which maybe it's, I don't know if that's patterned after this or not, but, um, but this is what his mother does. And so Samuel grows up helping in the tabernacle serving before the Lord and doing the work there with Eli the priest. 
So that's where we find him in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We don't know how old he is, I don't think, uh, but he's called a boy at some point in the story, um, <laughs> including right here. The boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. I don't know if that's a, you know, there weren't many visions and Eli's nearly blind. I don't know if they're trying to link that in our minds or not. So anyway, the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. This, he is right there in the room, in the tent where the ark of the covenant is. You know, if, if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, or that's, date, that's a dated reference now, isn't it? Man, by quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, this is the box that they would carry around with the Ten Commandments in it and the reminder of God's presence. It was right there in the room, in the tabernacle, in the holy tent, reminding them of God's presence. And there's the lamp of God right there in the room, and it hadn't gone out yet. Uh, and Samuel's lying there, and the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? So he's waking up hearing someone calling his name, right? And just like I would do if I woke up in the night with someone calling my name, you know, one of my boys or someone said, Daddy, you know, which happens sometimes. And I kind of bleary-eyed wake up and I, like, I, I become conscious somewhere between my bed and their room, right? And so I'm kind of picturing that maybe that's happening to Samuel. Like, like here I am, you know, and rubs the sleep out of his eyes. And he gets up and he goes to Eli. Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And then a little side note. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. In other words, this hadn't happened to him before. He didn't know how to recognize God's voice. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. This is Samuel learning how to recognize and respond to the voice of God, something that all of us need to learn as well. As, as people who you know, are not trying to put this off on someone else, some king, some pastor, some parent, some president, you know, whoever it might be that we try to put things off on. We've got to learn how to listen to God's voice or recognize it and to respond to it, to say, okay, God, I'm listening to you. Um, as if you read the rest of the story, uh, what God has to say to Samuel is bad news for Eli. He's, you know, got some bad news to deliver to Eli about how he's not going to be working with Eli anymore and because of him and his kids and whatever. And, uh, and, Morning comes, Samuel's going about his, his work there, and Eli comes to him and says, so what did God say to you last night? And I think, if I remember right, he says, may it be ever so severe with you if you don't tell me everything he said. He's like, I want you to tell me the whole thing. And so Samuel does. He breaks the bad news to Eli, and Eli is mature enough that he says, okay, I'm the Lord's servant. You know, I'll, I'll do what God says. May it be to, may it be to me as he, is, as he has said. Um, and so Eli helps Samuel not only listen to God, but do what God says, even when it's difficult, even when it's unpleasant, even when it's something he would rather not do. I can't imagine Samuel was excited to like tell Eli the bad news in the morning, right? But God, Eli helps him learn how to do that, how to let God be king, to, to listen to God and to do 
what he says. So we can't, that, that I think is where we want to live, right there. We, we can't just do whatever we want, where God's just like an advisor that we listen to or don't listen to, or we do what he says or don't do what he says, you know. We can't just be so independent. You know, we, we need to have people in our lives like Eli that are helping us. So maybe that's something for you to think about today. Who is your Eli? Who is, who is helping you to listen to God, to learn to listen to God? Who's modeling that for you? Who in your life do you, can you look to and say, they really know how to listen to God. They do a good job of, of responding to God when he speaks. Maybe you need to find somebody like that, um, to, to look around to find, find somebody who's a little bit older than you or a little bit further along on the journey. Um, maybe they've got some gray hair or some you know, wisdom lines on the face or something and say, can you help me to learn how to listen to God? How to, how to hear from God and how to do what he says. I need some encouragement. I need some help. You know, we're not just independent. You don't have to figure this all out on your own. You can, you can have a friend. You can have a mentor. You can have someone to, to coach you, to teach you, to help you, to encourage you. And, and we all need each other. So if you are one of those with wisdom lines and, and gray hair, like I have more and more of, you, maybe you need to find someone younger who is jumping up and is ready to move and ready to go. And you can say to them, like, can you help me have some of your energy? Can you remind me <laughs> that when God speaks, I need to move? You know, I need to not just kind of sit back because we have less of a tendency to take risks as we get older, right? Um, we shift from stocks to bonds. We, we, we get much less uh, risky with our lives, um, somewhat by necessity, right? We don't want to blow out a knee or anything. Um, but, um, you know, we've, maybe we need to go to someone younger and, and be reminded of, of what it means to, to move, to act. So uh, we all need each other. And thankfully, uh, God has given us each other. We're not just in this alone. So we can't just do what we want, and we can't just put it all off on somebody else. And again, sometimes that's our tendency, is to, is to let somebody else do the listening to God. And the, and the figuring things out and the fighting the battles. You know, as, as kids, I think we have a tendency to, to put that on our parents, right? To say, well, look, you, you do that work. You just tell me what I need to do and, and I'll, I'll do it. Um, of course, at some point we say, you figure it out and I won't do it. You know, we want our independence at that point. And at some point, we, we become more and more independent of our parents. Uh, sometimes we put it on pastors, right? Don't we? I mean, some of you, I think, Perhaps do that to me. You, you say, you pastor, you, you listen to God, and, and then you just tell us what God says, and, and then we'll kind of take it under advisement. You know, maybe we'll listen, maybe we won't. But um, you can't put that on me, right? I mean, you need to listen to God. You need to do what God tells you to do. Sometimes, frankly, I think we do put it on a, well, we don't have kings, but we put it on like a president or a, or a mayor or a governor or somebody where, we, where we, we think we put our hopes there. That like if we can get the right person elected, the right person into the White House or into the State House or, or into the Capitol building, then, then perhaps you know, things will move in the direction that they should move. And like, well, okay, but God's got something for me to do right here, right now with people around me. And the president in Washington, whoever's over there, like that doesn't really impact what God is telling me to do with the person that's in front of me and how I need to love them or listen to them or help them or whatever it might be. I can't put on someone else the, my responsibility to listen to God and to do what he says, to, to treat God as my king. Um, we're going to pray in, in just a few minutes here uh, the Lord's Prayer, which includes that line, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, and when we pray that, I don't know what's in your mind as you, as you pray that part of the prayer. Um, Maybe nothing's in your mind. Maybe you're thinking about lunch or fireworks or something else. But, um, 
but, you know, I think sometimes we pray, you know, your kingdom come, and we're, we're thinking, you know, off into the future, uh, which is nothing wrong with this. This is part of, I think, what is going on in the prayer is, that, you know, your kingdom come. We're looking forward to the day when, when God, when your kingdom comes in all its fullness, when, when all the wrongs are made right, when wars will finally cease, when uh, oppression will end, when uh, those who do violence and take advantage of others will finally be forced to stop, and where, you know, where the humble will be exalted, and where you'll heal all that's been broken. Um, the Prince of Peace will rule over all the earth. We look forward to that day when his kingdom comes in its fullness. Uh, and where his will is finally done here on earth. Like, and we think of like the whole earth just as it is in heaven. But before that, before that day comes, as we pray that prayer, we can also be thinking like right here, right now, may your kingdom come where I live in my little kingdom, you know, my little sphere of influence where I have responsibility. May your kingdom come and your will be done here. May I live with you as my king, God, listening to you and doing what you say. Jesus modeled it for us, right? With his prayer in the garden, you know, not my will but yours be done, which we kind of hear an echo of there in the prayer. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I want to do your will, God. I want to listen to you and do what you say. You are my king. You have my allegiance like no one else does. It's not the, the chaos of independence, of, of total independence, of trying to be an island or just everyone doing, uh, you know, as we see fit. And it's not putting it off on someone else to, to do that work for us. You know, somewhere in the middle, I think we can learn from Samuel how to, how to listen to God, how to, how to get the help from others to learn to listen for God and to, to do what he says. This is what it means for, for us to live with God as king. Now, I put on the back of your notes some, just some questions for reflection. I don't have these on the screen or anything, um, but uh, just some things to be thinking about perhaps this week. These are questions I'll be reflecting on. How about that? I'll be reflecting on these kinds of questions this week uh, in response to these passages, um, and so I hope that maybe you'll reflect on one or two of these as well. And so I just want to read through them real quick. Um, right off the top, in what ways have I been trying to fit in with those around me instead of following God's lead? You know, have I been saying, God, I just want to be like everybody else. And I know you want me to be distinctive and to love in a way that doesn't look like everyone else here, to be generous in this way or to trust you in this way. But in what ways have I just been trying to blend in with, with the culture or with, you know, the people around me instead of following God's lead? These are questions that hopefully for, for prayerful reflection, to invite God, to say, God, are there some ways like this in my life? And if God brings one up, if God says, yes, this area right here, then, oh, then listen to God and do what he says. Uh, in what areas of my life have I been living like I have no king, just doing as I see fit? What would it mean for God to be king and lead me in that area? Uh, what work have I been putting on to someone else, a king, a parent, a pastor, a president, instead of doing it myself? A battle that I should be fighting, work that I should be doing, and I've just been putting it on someone else, and really God has assigned that to me. Uh, how has God been trying to get my attention? You know, I'm thinking of little boy Samuel. You know, how has God been trying to get my attention, but I didn't realize it was him? Boy, some of us need to kind of noodle on that for a bit this week. You know, oh, is that what's been going on there, God? Is that why? Oh, have you been trying to get my attention? Man, when this week can I find time to quiet myself and say to God, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Maybe you do that with the Bible open. You know, maybe you're reading this story, or you're reading a psalm, or you're reading something else. You know, if you use the, uh, the Bible app on your phone, there's a scripture every day to reflect on. There's reading plans you can follow. You know, 
maybe you use scripture and you invite God to say, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. See, in those days, uh, as it said, like visions were rare. The voice of the Lord hadn't been heard. And, and uh, this was an unusual thing. But we live in a different time than Samuel did. We live in a time when in Acts chapter 2, it says the, the spirit of God has been poured out on all people. Not just on this prophet or on that king. But the spirit of God has been poured out on all people. Uh, young, old, men, women, sons and daughters alike. That we have the chance to hear from God. That God is speaking to us if we will listen. And I know for me, much of the time, God does that, uh, is speaking best when I, I, my, it's like I'm tuned in best when I'm reading the scriptures. And God highlights something for me as I read. So maybe you do that, or maybe you listen to scripture uh, with your phone or something. Or maybe, maybe you need to turn off the noise, and you, you take out the headphones, or you turn off the radio in the car or something, and you just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. When this week can I find time to quiet myself and say to God, speak? Lord, your servant is listening. Or maybe, what has God already been saying to me? Is there something he's been telling me to do and I keep putting him off? If so, let's fix that. What action do I need to take today in obedience to what God has already been telling me? Just some things to be thinking about to invite God to speak through. Um, my hope, of course, is that uh, we will avoid the, the, the chaos and avoid the, the problems with kings and uh, it's called the problem with kings. I mean, kings have their problems, but one of the problems is then we put off onto them the work that we need to be doing. My, my hope is that instead we can live with God as king this week, listening to him and doing what he says. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your patience with us as we, oh, we do not always do this well. God, we need your help if we are going to learn to listen to you, to respond to your voice, to do what you tell us to do, to live with you as our king. We don't want you just to be our advisor. Well, I mean, we might want that, but God, that would not be faithful. <laughs> uh, we, we, want, we, we want to live up to uh, who you've called us to be as your kids, as your people, where you are our king. So we don't want to put our hope in anyone else. Um, again, you have our primary allegiance, God. Would you help us to learn to listen to you and then to do what you tell us to do? Samuel learned it. We can learn it. So help us, God. As we do this, God, I've, I've heard enough stories and I've experienced it enough myself to know that this is a beautiful life that you invite us into that you do, in fact, lead us and guide us into amazing opportunities to let your grace that you've given us flow through us into the lives of others. You, you change us. You point out things in our lives that have been holding us back, and you, you make it possible for us to let go of those things, to be, to be forgiven and set free and to live a, a better life. You give us the courage to step into opportunities to be used by you, to love the world. Thank you, God. Thank you for being patient with us and never giving up on us, continuing to speak. Would you help us to listen and to do what you say? Thank you, God. Thank you that we've, been, uh, we've had the opportunity to gather together around your scriptures and now to gather together around your table the celebration of this sacrament of Holy Communion, we offer to you these simple, humble gifts of bread and juice. 
And we pray that by your Spirit's presence with us, that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. This is amazing, God, that you would meet us here in the reality that we live in. But this is what you've done in Jesus. And this is what you do by your Holy Spirit. So today, God, we, we lift our hearts to you in thanks and praise. And we offer you ourselves with all the good, the bad, and the ugly. God, we, there's no pretense here in this moment. There's just us being honest with you. Would you forgive us our sins? Thank you, God. Your word tells us as we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just. You forgive us our sins and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So would you wash us clean? Would you forgive our sins? Would you give us your grace? Would you pour out your spirit so that by your spirit's presence here in our lives, we might be changed we might be transformed. We might live in this world as the body of Christ, as your kids, your sons and daughters. Thank you, God, for the transforming work that you do in us as we entrust ourselves to you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For those of you who are connecting with us from home, uh, this is your chance if you want to gather together some elements of, of bread and juice or the closest equivalent, and we will celebrate together in just a moment. Man, it is marvelous, the love that you have shown us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you for holding nothing back in what you gave us in your Son, Jesus. And thank you that today you're holding nothing back from us by your Holy Spirit as you meet us here in the sacrament of communion. We remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples. He took bread and gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them and said, take this, eat it. This is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. After supper, he took the cup gave thanks, gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. We do remember the great love that you have shown to us, Lord God. Thank you for being willing to purchase our freedom <laughs> with the life of your son. Lord Jesus, being willing to, to give your life for us to set us free. Thank you, God, that that wasn't the end of his story, that you raised him from death. You conquered sin and death and the devil so that we could be free, so that we can have life. Thank you, God, 
Would you fill us today with the spirit of Christ so that we might live in this world led by your spirit, empowered, emboldened by your Holy Spirit to do whatever it is that you've called us to do. Help us, God, to listen and to do as we follow you as king. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.